The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you lost a loved one recently? Do you find it hard to move on with your life? There are lots of questions and a quest for a solution. Where do you start? Welcome to From Morning to Morning with your host, Rabbi Mel Glazer. Rabbi Mel and his guests are here to guide you through the different stages of grief and help you heal from your loss. You'll come away with a much better understanding of how you can move forward. Now, here's Rabbi Mel. Hi there, this is Rabbi Mel Glazer. You have reached me on my show from morning to morning. I take you from grief to healing, and I help you with the tools that you will need to heal from a life loss. Last week, uh, when we began, I talked about my very favorite Zen story. And although I'm a rabbi, I told you last week, and I still believe it, this is my favorite story, and it really tells you what I do and how I do it. And the definition of um, the purpose of grief and mourning all comes down to this story. So I'm going to read it again. It's not long. And if you missed it last week, you're welcome to go back to last week's segment and hear it again. It goes like this. Tanzan and Ikidu, who were walking along a country road that had become extremely muddy after heavy rains. Near a village, they came upon a young woman who was trying to cross the road. But the mud was so deep, it would have ruined the silk kimono she was wearing. Tanzan at once picked her up and carried her to the other side. The monks walked on in silence. Five hours later, as they were approaching the lodging temple, Ekidu couldn't restrain himself any longer. Why did you carry that girl across the road, he asked. We monks are not supposed to do things like that. I put the girl down hours ago, said Tenzan. Why are you still carrying her? Well, that's what I help people do. I help them, what I call, lay them gently down. Mama died, daddy died, sister, brother, good friend died. There are lots of losses. Pet died. Uh, your kid goes to school across the country or across the world. That's a loss. You lose your best friend. You have an argument. That's a loss. And so my job is to help you navigate that loss because most of us never learn 
how to do that. We don't learn how to do it because our parents never teach us, because their parents never taught them. And the other reason that it's difficult for us is because society teaches us many things. It teaches us how to buy more stuff. It teaches us how to make more friends. It never teaches us how to lose. It never teaches us how to do with less. I'll give you a trivial example. What does your desk look like at your office or at home in your study? If you're like me, you probably find that you buy more books and there are more papers and you can hardly find anything because there's so much there. Your job is to get rid of some of that stuff. My job as your teacher is to give you, in the title of my second book, a GPS for grief and healing. Since nobody teaches us how to do that, how to heal after a loss, so we wander. We have very little idea how to get from grief to healing. We are not able to lay them gently down. And so most of our time is spent wandering. I have 14 clues or suggestions about how to wander after you've lost someone. Uh, We're up to number seven. Last week we did one through six. And if you're interested, I invite you to go back to last week's show and you can hear the first six. Uh, Number seven on how to wander. Remember that wandering is a gradual process. You get a little bit better as you go along. You don't wander in one day and get better in one day. There's an old Hasidic saying, there's no clock for the soul. Wandering will take as long as it takes. Healing will take as long as it takes. It may take less time than you thought it would. Or it may take more time than you thought it would. It might even take about the same time you thought it would. There is no proper amount of time And there is no schedule for the healing journey of wandering. Don't listen to anyone who says that you're healing too quickly or healing too slowly. In the next few weeks, I have a special segment, a show, uh, which will be entitled, Never Listen to the Things Your Friends Say to You After a Loved One Has Died. Because they're usually all wrong, and they don't help you heal one bit. So that's tip number seven, which really means it takes as long as it takes, and everybody is different. Some people take shorter amount of time. Some people takes a longer amount of time. I spoke to a friend of mine this morning. 
she lost her husband. He divorced her and that because he was not nice to her. And then she got a boyfriend and she thought she had healed. And she thought she was very happy. But it turns out she got the clues quickly enough. And she decided that she really wasn't ready to heal. She had not done everything she needed to do. And so she got rid of him. And she, now she's not dating anyone. She finally learned that it's okay to be alone. She never thought she could be alone. Because she moved right from her parents' house where she was born, right to uh, the college dormitory for four years of school. And then she got married at the end of college. So she moved in with her husband in their home. And she had never really experienced what it was to be alone. So she didn't get a chance to wander. Now she's done her wandering And she's doing just fine. And she told me she's no longer afraid of being alone. She's strong. She does not need anyone to hold her hand. Here's number eight. When you're grieving, you often lose sight of the future because the present is so draining. This happens from the moment grief begins and continues to some degree while you're wandering. As you feel less drained, you'll be more able to envision a future. Sometimes when somebody dies, we are so hurt that we don't know how to wander, that we don't want to wander. We just want to stay in bed. We just want to do nothing. We just want to hurt. And we just want our loved one back. I remember when my mother died a long time ago. And I came back from the funeral. I was so sad. It was hurting me so badly. All I wanted to do was climb in bed, cover myself with my blanket, and never, ever come out. That's what I wanted to do. Of course, that's not possible, but that's what I wanted to do. I I didn't want to heal. I didn't want to lay her gently down. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to mourn. I just wanted to hurt, and it hurt plenty. So that's number eight. Number nine, as you wander, remember that everyone you meet is probably also wandering. They may be grieving someone or something, or they may be in a wandering phase because of a major life change. Suppose you get fired from your job. And you have to move. And, and, and you don't want to move. You want to stay right where you are, but you can't. That is a loss. 
and you have to wander until you feel at home in your next home. Other people whom you know may be going through exactly the same experience or a similar experience. Maybe they had to leave their home. Who knows the reason? Maybe they chose to leave. Maybe they lost their job. They're wandering too because they're in spiritual pain. The bottom line is that everyone is wandering to some degree all the time. Even you. Even when you're not in the midst of a major grief experience. We're always wandering from one place in our lives to another. When you've recovered and healed from your grief, you will still do a bit of wandering from time to time for other reasons. You may not have thought of this process as wandering. You may be more familiar with its other name. We call it life. We call it living. And that's what wandering is. It's living from one day to the next. Here's number 10. Knowing that everyone, including you, is always wandering to some degree, should give you some compassion for yourself and others. Go easy on yourself while you're wandering. Go easy on everyone else while they're wandering. Show some compassion. If someone looks unhappy, ask them why. You know, in New York City, with the crime rate being what it used to be, the police department came out with a slogan. If you see something, say something. Well, that applies in grief as well. If you see something, say something. If someone looks sad and you really don't know why, it is fine to say something like, you really look sad and I'm really sad that you're so sad. Is something going on in your life? Is there something I can do for you? What kind of help do you need? You can tell me, I won't tell anybody else. But I can sense, just by looking at you, that you are uh, in grief right now, that you're suffering. And I feel very badly when you suffer. All right, here's number 11. During the grief process, you may do some literal wandering. You may move from your old home to a new one, from your old city to another one. You may stay with family or friends for a while and then go back to your home or to a new home. When you have to leave, that's, that's, that's a loss experience. It creates anxiety. How are you going to feel if you don't want to change your life? If you want to stay right where you are, but when somebody dies, somebody that you loved, and this includes pets as well as human beings, somebody dies or somebody leaves you or somebody breaks up with you 
or somebody divorces you, it doesn't matter. There are 72 kinds of losses in the world. So when that happens, just know that it may involve physical moving from one place to another. Do not let that stand in the way of your healing. Do not rely on that as an excuse why you cannot heal. I will tell you that I can, I healed from my daddy's loss. I healed from my mother's loss. I healed from other kinds of loss experiences. We'll talk some more when we come back. We're up to, to grief uh, tip healing number 12. And we'll finish the list when I come back. Don't go away. I'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to From Morning to Morning. To find out more about our program, visit GriefOK.com. Again, that's GriefOK.com. Now, back to From Morning to Morning. Well, I'm back, and I hope you're back. I hope you didn't hang up on me, and I hope you're still there listening. So we have um, three more grief suggestions for wandering. This is number 12. Remember that wandering is that period of time when you feel lost, when you feel like you're just wandering in your own life, when your emotions are up and down, when you're wondering about everything, when you feel like you're just going through the motions, when you're wondering what in the world to do with yourself now that you've lost your loved one or been through any other kind of loss. You'll wonder how to live without who or what you lost. You'll wonder if you can make it day by day. You'll wonder what your future will look like. 
You wonder why you feel the way you feel. You'll be a human question mark. And you may be unsure about what you're supposed to think or not think. All of this is normal. Now let me tell you the upside of this. Let's take a situation where your kid finishes high school and had some problems, perhaps emotional problems, perhaps behavioral problems, perhaps educational problems. Maybe she or he had very few friends because their problems got in the way. Now, however, they're leaving. They're changing their physical place. They're going some other place. The bonus, the upside of all this wandering for them is they can become somebody new. They can change their personality. They can be who they want to be, different as it may have been from who they were. We don't have to be the same person throughout our lives. People are entitled to change. And death often opens windows and lets us do just that. I've been in situations where after a funeral, the spouse, the surviving spouse in a few months, has come to me and she has said to me, Rabbi Mel, you know, I never thought that I could have a new life. We were married for 25 years. He was my whole life. I never thought that it would ever be any different. And after he died, I really didn't know what to do. I did not know what to do. But look at me now, five months later. I'm a new person. I'm happy. I go on dates. I call people on the phone. I never used to call anybody on the phone. I was too afraid. They'd hang up on me. They wouldn't talk to me. They didn't want to be my friends. And so now, after my dear husband has died, I'm a new person. My life is happy. I have a feeling that he wants me to be happy. I have a feeling that he wants me to change. I have a feeling that he wants me to do whatever I need to do so that I can be happy even without him. And so even though he has died, his spirit is still right here with me. And I rely on that spirit of his And I love him as much as I always did, but I'm moving on in my life. I call that healing. I call that laying them gently down, not holding on to the past, but looking rather at the future. You will have a future, I promise. If you want to, it will happen. Let's go to number 13. Go with the flow. Don't hide your feelings from yourself and don't slip into denial. Don't try to hold it all in. Feel what you're really feeling. Ride it out. It won't always feel this bad. Believe it or not, you will feel 
better. While you wander, talk with people who understand you and avoid sharing your feelings with those who don't. That's why you're listening to me, my friends, because you know that I understand that I've been where you are, that I know what you're going through. I don't know exactly what you're going through because you and I are different people. But I do know what it's like to lose loved ones. I do know what it's like to wander in the desert of my grief. I do know what it's like to create a new life for myself. And so even though I remember all those loved ones who died, they're still with me. And anytime I want to, I can close my eyes, I can envision them in my mind's eye. I do this four or five times a year. In the Jewish tradition, we have a special religious service called the Yizkor service. And that service, which means to remember, is a time when we remember those who are no longer with us. So there's a time for private prayer. And four or five times a year during that service, I close my eyes. I, I can see. I don't have to work hard at it anymore. I can see those people who have died. I can see my parents. I can see my aunts and uncles. I can see my best friend who was also a rabbi. I can see my first wife. I can see anybody I want. And when I see them, I talk to them. I don't talk to them out loud. My congregants will think I've lost it. But I talk to them in my heart, quietly. And I say two things to them. I miss you very much. And I'm happy. My life is happy. Thank you for letting me Make it happy. Thank you for letting me let you go so that I can be happy. Thank you for not keeping me where I was after you died. Thank you for everything that you've given me. You can do that. I want you to do that. It's a way of keeping them alive even though they're not. I like to say at funerals, they're not here physically, but they will always be here emotionally for you because they've left you memories and you remember those memories and those stories and those wonderful times that you spent together. And that will keep their memory alive in your heart. The 14th and final one, While you wander, it's normal for you to feel better for a while and then feel worse when something triggers a sharp emotional pain. The pain will recede again. This will happen even after you've completed the major part of your wandering. Think about a man with a broken arm. The worst pain comes at the point of injury, and immediately after. The pain recedes after a week or so, 
and then gets better gradually over the next weeks and months. Six weeks after the injury or so, the cast comes off. He's feeling much better, but the arm still feels a bit tender now that it's not protected by the cast. A few months later, it's as if nothing ever happened. His arm is fine. But something strange happens when the weather changes. When the pressure drops, the humidity rises, and it's about to rain, his arm aches. Weather triggers the pain in the old wound of a broken but now healed bone. You'll find that a wide variety of things very specific to you, your life and your memories, will trigger the pain in the old wound of your broken but now healed heart. Just as the aching arm will feel better shortly when the bout of bad weather is over, your aching heart will also feel better when the effects of your trigger wear off. You know, in the armed services, they call it PTSD. Something happened when you were away. When you were deployed, terrible, terrible, terrible things happened. And when you came back, Every time, for example, you heard a loud noise, you would jump. And that's including at home. If you came back to kids, every time they would make a loud noise, it would scare you because you would remember, you would remember what you went through. And it would be as if you were reliving that experience. Well, that's what I mean. I mean that even after you think you're done wandering, even after you are done wandering, there will be hints of that pain that will occasionally come back into your life. It's normal. There's nothing wrong with you. It's absolutely normal. You don't forget about loved ones who died. You don't forget about your pets who have died. You remember everything. You remember everything. It just doesn't have the same pain as it did before. And the longer that you live, and the longer that you get for yourself some happiness in your new life, the less and less painful the old wounds will be. As I said before, you'll always remember them. I'll never forget my parents, never. I'll never forget my grandmother. I loved her dearly. She took care of me, and I was her favorite grandchild. She had about 25 grandchildren because she had 12 kids. I was, I thought, well, I was, I considered myself to be her favorite grandchild. Now, my cousins don't agree, but I don't care. So I remember her. I remember what she taught me. 
so that even though she's not physically with me, more importantly, she's with me as I think and feel and love and care about my life and the others in my life as well. So to conclude this section about wandering is to really say that it's absolutely normal to wander after someone has left you, after an emotional breakup, after a loss of any kind of loss. Loss causes pain, loss causes hurt. We don't just forget them right away. It's not a bad thing to wander, on the contrary. It's a good thing to wander. How will you know that you're a new person if you don't wander? You must wander so you can discover the new you. And as you've heard me say before, I firmly believe that everyone is able to create a new you. It may be totally different than the old you. You may not even recognize who you are. I know people who wear different kind of clothes when they become the new you. I know people who get different kinds of friends when they become the new you. I know people who do things that they never, ever thought they could do when they become the new you. I'm in Colorado Springs. I know people that take up skiing after they never would have done that before. It's part of who they are as the new you. And I'm proud of them. Because they've made the effort. They've wandered. They've done it not knowing where they would end up. Not knowing what their future would be, where it would take them. But having enough resilience and having enough faith in themselves to understand that, yes, it's possible to change. It's possible to be happy. The past is the past. Now... It's time to face the future. I have another story to tell you, which I will tell you right after the break when we come back. Don't go away. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to From Morning to Morning. To find out more about our program, visit GriefOK.com. Again, that's GriefOK.com. Now, back to From Morning to Morning. So let me give you a positive example of a man who was born wandering and who became a success. Maybe not the kind of success that you dream about. He was never rich, but he was happy. His name was Robert, and I met him one day, of all places, at Newark Airport, uh, when I heard a voice call out, uh, someone had asked him a question, where does flight 456 leave from what gate? And he sang his answer, well, it leaves... From Concourse 4, Gate 27, take the corridor there and take the elevator, and you'll be right there. Have a wonderful, wonderful trip. I thought the guy was crazy, but interesting. So I later learned more about Robert. He was born wandering. And the wandering at first, you know, he was a casualty of wandering because he never could even imagine a new normal, a new you, a life filled with joy. But he was very fortunate. So, as I say, I was wandering around the Newark airport with a few hours to kill before my connecting flight. I bought a book. This was before Kindle. I bought a book and I sat down by my departure gate to read. Every few chapters, I'd get up and walk around the terminal. After about two hours, I got really antsy. So I took a long ride around the monorail that circles the airport. I got off at Terminal 2. That was not my terminal, but I was on an adventure, such as it was. So I thought I'd look around. I took the elevator down to the boarding level. It was then that I first heard Robert. A robust tenor voice filled the place with song. Why was someone singing in the middle of the airport? Whoever he was, he sounded like Robert Goulet. Had I stumbled upon a Broadway Musical performer? Well, no, not really. 
Robert was a man in his 50s dressed in an airport uniform. He looked like Jeffrey Holder, the Tony winning, Tony award winning actor who also carved a place in our collective pop culture memory on the famous 7-Up TV commercials where his deep, soothing voice exhaled in an island accent as he said, the Uncola. But Robert was not a Tony Award-winning Broadway actor. He was an airport employee whose job it was to direct passengers to their gates, to the ticket counter, to the food court, or wherever else at Newark Airport they needed to go. He sang out greetings to passengers, not just in English, but in many other languages. He sang out answers to passengers' questions. He sang out directions. Anytime anybody asked him anything, with great gusto, he answered in song. This brought huge smiles to the faces of everyone who spoke to him and everyone within earshot. What a nice way to spend your day, I thought, to see your job as an opportunity, not only for your own creative self-expression, but to make people happy. What could be better than that? And it reminded me that that's one of the exact reasons I like my rabbi job so much. I get to do the same thing. I listened for a while, realized that I too was smiling, and then I left. I went back up the elevator, got back on the monorail, and went back to my own terminal, where I once again parked myself on one of those uncomfortable airport chairs and continued to read my book. About a half hour later, I looked up and to my surprise, there he was. I spotted Robert walking along in my terminal, walking along my concourse. I figured he was probably on a break. My curiosity was piqued. So I walked up to him, introduced myself, and invited him to tell me his story. He told me that he'd been raised on a poor, small town in Georgia. There was no hope in that town, he said. Everybody left and nobody came back. I felt like I had no hope either. I got in lots of trouble as a kid because there was nothing else to do. I even spent some time in jail. Then I got out and took a job. I was going nowhere when my mama told me that I had a gift. I asked her what she thought that gift was. And she said, it was my beautiful voice. She said that anybody with a voice like mine ought to use it to do God's work. Well, I just laughed at her and gave her a big kiss, and I forgot all about it. The next Sunday, we all went to church like we did every Sunday. The preacher was reading from the book of Psalms, and he came to Psalm 86, verse 16. Happy is the people who know thy joyful shout, O Lord. They walk in the light of your presence. Something holy happened to me at that moment. I think God touched me personally that moment. 
I didn't know what it was then, but now I know it was God talking to me personally. I couldn't stop shaking in church, and I figured, that's it. Now I know what I have to do. I listened to God and my mama, and I applied for a job at the airlines. The rest is history. I've been doing this job for more than 20 years, and I still love making people happy. Airports can be horrible places to spend time, and there are lots of unhappy people here. I try to make them happy. Wow. And now I was one of the people infused with Robert's joy. I'd started out the day bored and annoyed by having to kill hours and hours at the airport. But now I was energized. I was blown away by his poignant story, his magnificent voice, and his undiluted joy in his life's work. I was so ecstatic, I started to sing. And people turned and they looked at me, and then I stopped singing. I believe that nothing happens to us by accident. There are no accidents in this world, and there are no coincidences in this world. I believe we are somehow meant to meet the people we meet when we meet them. They come to us for a reason, to teach us a specific lesson. We may not know at that particular time why they come into our lives. And we may not immediately know what the lesson is. It may hit us only later. But at some point, it always becomes clear to us. All I know is that Robert at Terminal 2 changed my life that day. Meeting him taught me many lessons and reminded me of others I'd forgotten in the busy, crazy swirl of life. Much later, as I thought about the kinds of wandering people do, I remembered Robert's story and realized that I had met someone who exemplified hope, someone who had been born wandering, but who had grabbed onto that hope when it presented itself in the form of his mother's words and his preacher's reciting of an inspiring psalm that spoke directly to him. Nearly 30 years ago now, Robert left his wandering in the desert and he entered his promised land. All it took was hope, faith, and courage. He recognized hope when it presented itself. He had faith in the meaning behind the divine coincidence that brought to him the on-target words of that psalm right after the encouraging words of his mother. He was not afraid to leave his desert. He was not afraid to stop wandering. He was not afraid to envision a better future. He did not continue wandering, as so many other people do, out of the fear that he might be disappointed by taking chances on a future. I still remember him. Every time I go to the airport, 
Every time I go to Newark, for example, I wander around and I look for Robert. And one of these days I'm going to find him. And I'm going to tell him that I wrote about him in my book. And I'm going to tell him that I talk about him on my radio show. And I'm going to tell him how much I respect him. And how much I respect the fact that he did not let the pain in his life imprison him forever. He's a new you. A much happier you than he was before. So he learned how to wander. He learned an important lesson from wandering and an important lesson about healing. I believe that when you heal, it takes you, I'll coin a phrase, back to the future. When you're grieving, the goal of healing is not to get you back to where you were before you suffer the loss. That is not good enough. The goal of healing is get you back to the future, to get you into a position where you'll be better able to deal with the grief you'll feel from your next loss. The goal is to make you stronger. The goal is to make you wiser and more emotionally equipped to go through the grief recovery process the next time. And I promise you, and you know this is true, there will be a next time. Life has ups and downs, gains and losses. It doesn't stop as long as we are alive. And even when we're not thinking about our grief or healing, our mind is working on the subconscious level with the aid of our body and spirit to continue the healing process. Our mind takes in everything during the day and processes some of it toward healing, even when we're not consciously thinking about it. Something you see, do, or hear, something you read, something someone says or does contributes to your healing. That's why I read a lot. Because everything I read helps me learn more. And I interpret that in the context of how I can heal. Just the way a cast protects a broken leg, you can protect your broken heart while it heals. When you think about it, we're always grieving something or someone to one degree or another. We heal from one loss while we're still working on healing from another. It happens. We experience new losses before we fully recovered from the old ones. We probably spend more time mourning our disappointments and the loss of our illusions if we're not in denial and are honest with ourselves than anything or anyone else. In the book of Job, chapter 14, verse 7, We are reminded, there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will renew itself. Its shoots will never cease, and neither will yours. But like a tree's renewal, your renewal will not happen instantly. We do not have any place, any drive-through place called grief and go. Grief recovery takes time. It just takes time. 
During that time, we have to be open and honest with ourselves and with others. Learn some truths from others. We don't have to learn it all ourselves. Read books. Listen to people. Have conversations. When people don't get the truth, they cannot heal. That's why people want closure so much. Closure is the truth. And so, when you're in grieving, when you're in mourning, and you're trying to become a new person, and you're trying to do everything possible, that's wandering. I want you to remember Robert at Terminal 2. He made everybody happy. He went from a terrible life to a joyful life. And you know what? So can you. I'll talk more next week. I hope that you will come back and listen some more. It's been a pleasure being with you on From Morning to Morning. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining Rabbi Mel Glazer for From Morning to Morning. Please tune in again next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're wishing you strength and hope in the next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.